0: Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on identity. Hey, good morning, guys. And uh, I'm really excited uh, to continue our series on identity. Identity is knowing and being who God says you are. Our identity is the most important thing about us. But it can also be for some something that we're very, very confused about. I believe that our identity in Christ is central to the gospel narrative. So the last thing we want to do is we dive deeper into this topic is just to slap a Bible verse on the topic and just keep moving on. Uh, It's way weightier than that. Have you ever seen a car with a Christian bumper sticker on it? The fish or honk if you love Jesus and immediately assumed, hey, those people, I, I bet they're Christians. And it's like, how do you know that? I mean, watch the way they drive, watch the way they conduct themselves. I mean, reality is slapping a bumper sticker on a car is not the same as having our hearts and our character transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And and slapping A few Bible verses on the topic of identity is not the same as having God's truth uh, penetrate and enter our hearts and do a deep work inside of us. And so I want to make sure that we dive into this properly. And my prayer as we get into this teaching today is that God's Word, the Word of God, these 66 love letters that God's given us, My prayer is that God's word will reach deep in our hearts in a powerful way. Now, as we dive into identity, let me say this. Here's something we know if we're honest. We cannot trust ourselves. The most empty people on the planet are those who are full of themselves. And trying to fill ourselves with ourselves will leave us so empty. And the buzzword today is, it's narcissistic. It's just being in love with yourself, right? It's an out-of-control love for self. And honestly, narcissism is a sin substitute for what we were created for. Uh, We were created to love God and glorify God. And narcissism at its root is all about loving and glorifying self. Narcissistic people have such a twisted and warped view of themselves and they're so fatiguing and exhausting to be around. So I started pinning some thoughts uh, quite a few years ago and just started looking at different uh, temperaments, personality types or whatever that lean toward the flesh that live out of a twisted uh, worldview, God view and self view. And here's something I wrote about Narcy. Hello, my name is Narcy. You've met me before. You didn't know the true me at our first introduction because I'm a passive, aggressive poser. I come across as a nice guy, but I am an arrogant fool that is consumed only with myself. I justify my harmful behavior with spiritual explanations. And if you pay attention to what I say, you will hear me use these clever Elevated cliches like, well, the Lord has showed me, or God has spoken to me. Deep down inside, I have an attitude of superiority. I'm the smartest person I know. I quote verses at times, and uh, I I I have a pipeline to God that no one else has. I approach the Bible with a very closed mind. I memorize only a handful of verses that will justify my detrimental behavior. I use the scripture as a smoke screen. I also attack others with the Bible. I really, deep down inside, don't care about anyone but me. And if you get hurt by something I do or say, I mean, it's too bad. Get over it. I use spiritual jargon to intimidate and manipulate other people. I've been around church for many, many years. I know the lingo, but I'm a master of double standards. I don't have any real close friends. I will never allow you to get that close to me. Deep down inside, I am way jacked up, but I refuse to admit it. Sometimes I wonder why others, why are they not as committed as I am? I struggle with listening to anyone. Accountability for me is, is, that's for the weak. I will not acknowledge anyone as my authority figure. And here is the truth. Here is the truth. People that live with a self-love, a consumption of love for themselves, people that live with a narcissistic profile are some of the most disgusting, hard people to be around. Our identity, our identity becomes more secure when we lose sight of ourselves and we get a clear view of who Jesus Christ is and what his glory is all about. So, I believe that to truly understand our identity And what it means to to really be established with our identity in Christ, we've got to go back to the beginning. And in Genesis chapter 1 is where all of our stories kind of start. Who am I? First point would be this. We have been been created by God, and we have been created in the image of God. Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. God said, let us, which implies triune God, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Intentionally, male and female, he created them. Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground, and he breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life, and the man became a living creature, a living being. God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I'll make a helper fit for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon man, and while he slept, he took out one of his ribs, and that rib that God had taken out of man, he used... To make woman out of man. Now, as you start to contemplate this, there is something very, very unique in God's creation. In the Genesis account, chapters 1 and 2, there's something very unique about how God created man. Everything else, when God created, he just spoke the word and it came into existence. But God formed and shaped man from the dust of the earth. Then he breathed his breath. He breathed life into the man's nostrils. God made and God breathed life into man. We're different than any other thing that God has placed on this planet any other uh, animal species, anything. Man is unique because God breathed into Adam. Adam became a living soul, a living being, triune being, body, soul, and spirit. And in the same way, God formed Eve. So when you ask the question to any person, really, and you focus on any individual you're having conversation with, it's like, who are we and who are you? You are handmade by God. Oh, you have been created by God. This is so critical in Genesis chapter 1 when you read it, and it's so important that it repeats itself. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So, the the word created and and, and how God uniquely made you and I is in the image of God. So, men and women are created in the image of God in God's likeness. God has imprinted his image on mankind in a very unique, special way. And every human being, every human being— Bears God's image. Whether we walk in it, whether we reflect it in the right way or not, every person I meet is made in the image of God. And when when you start to ponder even humanity, we share some of these God attributes, if you will. God is creative, God has allowed us to be creative people, God is relational. God has made us to be relational people. God is a communicator. He spoke the word, and the worlds came into existence. God has given us that ability to reflect his beauty as communicators. Every human being bears and carries the image and likeness of God. And that image has been distorted by sin, but the image is still There. That's why when we look at humanity, we can see the beauty and the handiwork of God because God has placed his image impression on that person. So every person we meet has been created in the image of God. We reflect and carry the image of God. At the core of our being, at the core of our identity, We bear that image. And so you have dignity and you have value, and every person we meet has incredible dignity and value. Whether they're living in a jacked up, messed up, sinful way or not, they have incredible transcendent value and dignity. The homeless person has as much value in God's sight as the billionaire. The janitor has as much value As the CEO, the unborn baby has as much value as the educated doctor. Image of God. Now, because of some of the tension and things that have been going on again nationally, let me share with you a little American history, if you will. In 1857, there was a landmark case called Dred Scott versus Sanford. Dred Scott. He was suing America, if you will. He was suing for the right to be a free man. But the Supreme Court of the United States came back with a vote of 17 to 2 and said, no, African Americans are not allowed to be American citizens and are not allowed to tap into the justice system. Oh, there were two descending votes. Two. One was from a Supreme Court justice by the name of John McLean. Here's what he said. He said, a slave is not mere personal property. He bears the impression of his maker, and he is destined to an endless existence. The argument that McLean made was this, and it was an argument against slavery. What he was saying is all people are created in the image of God. Man is made in the image of God not a possession. All people are human. They've been made by God. And as we've talked, it is an insane argument to think that there is a master race. That is such a twisted view of life. Feeling superior made slavery permissible And it's happened throughout history. But it's when one group of people feel that they're superior to another group of people, or they feel that there's an inferior group of people, every person we meet has been created and made in the image of God. Now, there's diversity amongst humanity. We look around and we see different sizes, and we we see different shapes, and we see different color. But this only shows just the glory of God and how beautiful our God is and how he's, he's made humanity. So it reveals so much about the beauty of God. Our value and our identity is not based on what we do or what color we are. It's based on, again, you have been made and you carry the image of God. And being created in God's image it's why deep down inside every human being, we desire to live with meaning and purpose. We want our life to amount to something. We want to be a difference maker because we have been made in the image of God. And the good news is this. God is at work both to will and to act according to his good pleasure. And God is always working around us to accomplish great things for his glory. And the desire to accomplish and achieve is at the core of our being because we're made in the image of God. So, as you think about it, like even being image bearers of God, we long for real and meaningful relationships. That's how God wired us. That's how God built us. God is a loving and relational God, and we reflect that because, again, you're made in the image of God. When you contemplate this, the last few words in Genesis chapter 2, they tell us that Adam and Eve were naked, and they were not ashamed. They were comfortable being fully exposed and being completely known to to each other and before God. It's such a powerful truth. They could stand before God. They could walk before God. uh, And and they could uh, hang out with each other being totally exposed. And they never felt any uh, fear of embarrassment or shame or fear. Nothing ever grabbed a hold of them. They were totally exposed and vulnerable. God walked with them in the garden. And as God walked with them, they were totally open. Again, no fear, no guilt, no shame. Their relationship with God and each other was based on complete honesty and full disclosure. There was no fragmenting information. There was nothing being hidden. There was no mind games, no false pretense, no partial truths, no hiding how they felt, no fear of how the other person might respond. They were genuine, they were open, and they had nothing to hide. And God created you and I to live in that type of a relationship with him. We have a deep longing for relationship and with each other so that we can live lives that are exposed, transparent, hiding nothing. And that's how God has wired us. So God created us, each and every one of us, with a deep longing and and with this deep uh, heart really so that we could walk in harmony and oneness with him. We're created By God, to carry and reflect the image of God, which means God has given you the moral capacity, and and God has placed us here, even all the way back to Adam, that we would reign and rule and be his representatives to the world. Image carriers. We are human beings, elevated with incredible worth amongst creation because your God created you, fearfully, wonderfully made. Jeremiah would say, even before I was in the womb, God knew me. But let me share with you the problem. Let me share with you the problem. We were born sinners, and the likeness of God became distorted in our lives. If you go back and pick up the Genesis narrative in uh, chapter 3, it says, the serpent told the woman— Oh, you won't die. God had said, "Hey, you're free to eat off of any tree in the garden, but from the tree of good and uh, the, the the tree of knowledge of good and evil, if you eat, you're going to die." And the serpent said, "No, no, you're not going to die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you'll really see what's going on. You'll be just like God. You'll be knowing everything from good and to evil. You, you'll know everything." And when when the woman saw that the tree looked good and realized that she would get out of it. Oh, I'm going to know everything if I eat off of this tree. She took and ate, gave some to her husband. He ate. Immediately, the two of them did see what was really uh, going on. They saw themselves naked, exposed. <sighs> Look, now we're battling shame. Now we're battling fear. Now we're battling guilt. They, they, they were exposed. And immediately— The scripture says, they sewed fig leaves together as clothing for themselves. And when they heard the sound of God strolling through the garden, the man and his wife hid from God. They they, they just hid. And God called to the man, where where are you? He said, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid. I was naked. And I hid. And when sin entered the world, it disrupted everything. Everything. And its destruction is seen everywhere. Sin disrupted humanity at every level. But the root of sin, think about it. The root of sin is is seen in how it messed up our identity. God loves—identity is everything to God. I mean, it is is revealed in Genesis— It is removed because of sin, it jacks us up, it returns in the person of Christ, and it is restored through salvation. God goes, identity is crucial, knowing who you are, and who I say you are, and believing who you are. But here here was the problem, and here's the problem still today. The serpent promised Eve that she could get an improved identity. You'll be like God, meaning God's not enough. He's not going to satisfy you. There's something else that you're missing. You're going to have to go apart from God to find deeper identity and meaning. She was made in the likeness of God. But Satan's lie was a promise that you can graduate to become a little G-God yourself. Don't miss it. The serpent was tempting her with a better identity. And what Adam and Eve got was a devastated, distorted, disrupted identity. Their identity was secure with God. Their identity was so secure with their Creator. They had pure fellowship with Him. They were reflecting their God to their world at that time. But sin and disobedience severed the fellowship with God. It distorted their ability to reflect the image of God to the world. And here were two main things when you study it, two main things, I believe, that happened to their identity. And as Romans says, we inherited the Adamic nature, and so we're born into the world with this jacked up kind of view ourselves. Number one, when sin disrupted all humanity, pride turned our mirrors to focus inward. Where they were, before sin, we were reflecting the glory of God to the world, but it turned the mirrors inward. Instead of reflecting God, we became obsessed with reflecting our own image to the world. And our fundamental existence, because of sin that took place in the garden, it became all about us rather than God. And, and, and we're all born into this world with this belief. And, and, and I'm just telling you, Have uh, children, Watch your kids grow up, we're born with this twisted worldview that believes that the center of the universe is me. (laughs) We became obsessed. I'm going to reflect me to the world. We want the world to revolve around us. Why? Because the lie was you'll be like God. No, the world revolves around God, but sin disrupted it. So the mirrors get turned inward. And the second thing that happened was this. We don't want others to see us for who we really are. We want others to admire us or to worship us or to applaud us or to adore us. We don't want the world to see us for who we really are. Even in verse 6 of Genesis, it says right here, or verse 7, it says, Adam and Eve's eyes were open, Genesis 3, 7, and they knew they were naked. And when God came walking, he's like, ugh. Instead of Adam and Eve running to God like they normally had done, they ran from God. And sin, when it is at the root and the core of who we are, sin convinces us that we need to be running from God. But God is coming and walking toward us saying, I want you to run toward me so that I can restore you. But eject it up. And so ever since when you start to study it, ever since Genesis 3, man is born into the world thinking that he's the center of the universe and and he's still running from God, trying to get his needs met apart from Christ. And we've been hiding ever since. I I promise you have. Shame and fear and guilt became part of our human identity. And we've learned ways over the years to hide who we really are from each other. And, And it's so messed up and twisted. We don't want people to see our real identity. So we fake it. And we sew fig leaves together to try to cover up our shame and our fear. Instead of our identity being secure in the Lord, we base our identity with fig leaves, superficial things like our looks, our athletic abilities, our intelligence, our jobs, whatever. For so many people, Their their stardom is nothing more than a fig leaf of hiding. And we sew together an image made from making money or being the life of the party or being the really cool person. And we even use religion and we'll even use all this other spiritual stuff as a way of stiff-arming other people from really getting to know who we are and what we struggle with. We use these subtle ways to mask our insecurity, to hide who we are from the fear of being exposed. But God, but God, but God, He knows what's really going on. And He's inviting you to step in and trust Him. But you've got to stop and go, What are my fig leaves? What am I using to hide? What what, what are my fig leaves? Even years ago when I was doing the Bible study with all these athletes and entertainers and we were meeting in the back of this barbecue restaurant, we had a plaque made, like a little wooden plaque, like Nick Slade's been making all this wood stuff. We had one that we made and it says drop the fig leaf and we had it hanging over the door before you could walk into the study. Yes, you've got athleticism. Yes, you've got popularity and fame. But before you can come in here and get real with God and others, you're gonna have to drop the fig leaves. And you've gotta say, what are my fig leaves? But fig leaves are nothing more than symptoms of a deeper issue. And all they scream is, I have a broken relationship with God and I've been distorted from my original intent, so I'm trying to find my worth and my value and love and acceptance and significance apart from God. But the good news for those of us who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, is that God has restored our relationship to himself. He has given us a new identity, and our identity is rooted in our relationship with God, and it flows now to all these other relationships. God, you've restored me. God, you've redeemed me. God, you have done an amazing work in my life. And the scripture says, we are new creations in Christ. Memorize 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things become new. You've got to memorize that. You're not just a better version of what you used to be in your lostness. God, through the power and the awakening and the arousal of the Holy Spirit, is desiring to make you a new creation that you've you've never been. And he's driving us back to reflect the image that we've been made in. When we come to Jesus in faith, God doesn't just slap the bumper sticker over our sin, guilt, brokenness, flaws. And call it, oh, oh, that's good. No. When Jesus enters our life, he brings complete forgiveness, total cleansing, and he goes, you're a new creation. So wherever you're at today, whatever your battles are, God wants you to know that your true identity is not in your portfolio of money and wealth and whatever, and it's not in what you've accomplished with your trophies and awards or whatever. Your only identity that brings security is your identity in Christ, and when people repent and step into that and start to trust God, you can rest and go, we aren't what we were. I'm not what I used to be. The old really has passed away. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death, God has set me free. God, you're making everything new. Behold, all things are new in Christ. I'm a new creation, totally new today. I want to walk in that. And God has made us alive in Christ. Legally, hey, Propitiation, I've, I've atoned for your sin once and for all. From a legal standpoint, I've adopted you into my family, and positionally, I'm alive in Christ. I'm alive that I can call you Abba, Father, that I can run to you 24-7. He says, legally and positionally, I've justified you, which means I've declared you righteous. I have declared you Righteous. And it would do us so much good to wake up in the morning. And as we look at the mirror, and go, I am righteous in God's sight. I'm not filth, I'm not dirt, I'm not junk, I, I, I'm I'm righteous. God has justified me. God legally and positionally in Christ says, I've declared you holy. I've declared you saint. I've declared you righteous. And Christ." We're adopted as sons and daughters of God. Our identity is righteous, holy, justified. You're you're my beloved child. That's who you really are. If you have repented, if you have surrendered to the lordship of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about Christ. It's not about us, but it's about him loving us enough to extend his grace and to bring us back into right relationship with the Father, I want to encourage you, be who you are in Christ. Identity at the core, as I said, is central to the gospel. But identity is the fact that I can be who God calls me to be in Christ. Be who you are. Uh, Colossians 2 says, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so Walk in him. Be rooted. Be built up in him. Be established in your faith as you've received him. Walk it out. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5, those first few verses in those chapters says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. To which you've been called. Walk it out. Allow the Holy Spirit to call the child. Be, Be imitators of God. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Hey, be rooted, be established in Christ. Christ saved you. He saved you by his finished work on the cross. And by faith in Jesus Christ. Father, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of me. I, I've run out of my solutions and strategies and agendas. Father, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being tired. And when you place your, your faith in the finished work, work of cro- uh, the cross of Jesus Christ, Jesus says, I forgive you, and I'm going to bring you back in to a right relationship with the Father. But not only am I just going to bring you back into a right relationship with the Father, I'm going to pour into you the person of the Holy Spirit. And so hey, the Holy so Spirit comes in message. and uh, takes up residence really within the inside of us. It, it. it is God in us, a hope of glory. And He goes, you're my child. I'll, step step leave I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And you don't have to Christ. work you do yeah, to want to say work you can make this to true. We would love to see you to others because of who people. we are in Christ. And we believe of the through who uh, God sharing Who says, says you are. Uh, as be well as financially the real you and walk in, in the fullness of God. your, your right. identity so in Christ. Pray that a you're couple growing, things uh, you're that you're I think are so important as I wrap it up. Cultivate your relationship with God every day. All relationships require spending time. Make it a great day. And And we do that by walking with God in the Word, in prayer, in fellowship, in worship. Cultivate that relationship with God. If you value that relationship to be the most prized possession that you have, you will desire to spend time with God in the Word. You'll desire to be in prayer. And if we can help you take that next step, Tim, I don't even know where to start. Just contact right now, Dustin, at thecrossloganville.org and say, hey, man, I need help. I I, I don't even know where to start. And we would love to help you take that next step and get you a, a, a game plan, a spiritual growth plan where you can grow. And, and and the second thing I would say is this. Be real. True relationships are built on authenticity and honesty. And if you're struggling with something, whether it's anger or lust or fear or pride or whatever, please don't try to hide it from God. Be honest about it. And, and maybe for some of you, you, you just need to tell God, God, I, I don't even have the ability to stop that. I, I don't even have... The desire to get rid of it right now, but I know you living inside of me wants to drive that out of my life And I would just encourage you just say God give me your heart Give me your perspective right now on this remind me that I'm your child Remind me father that you want me just to be full of you And Lord you want me to imitate you you want me to reflect you and I got some jacked up stuff And I'm just gonna give it to you right now, I want to close with you in prayer, but I pray, yes, you've been created in the image of God. Sin distorted it, disrupted it, but because of faith in Christ, we can walk in new identity. We're new creations. And, 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 and as a close, I just, I just want to pray over you right now as we wrap this up that you would really find fulfillment and satisfaction. In Jesus. So, Father, I just want to say thank you right now for our sameness. Sameness meaning you've created each and every one of us in the image of God. And thank you that we share that in common, no matter geographically where we're from, no matter what color uh, we are. Uh, Father, no matter if we're a janitor or a CEO, Lord, What we share in common is we've been made in the image of God. And so I just want to say I thank you for those that have repented of their sin and placed their faith and confidence in you. We're brothers and sisters in Christ by your design. You designed it this way. All creation that we see are fearfully and wonderfully made, but we become brothers and sisters through faith. The the ground at the foot of the cross is level for all Jews, Gentiles, Samaritans, whatever. You said, come, come, come to me. And so, Father, I pray that we would walk in that today. I also pray for those who have scarred your image. Lord, I pray for those that treat others with reproach, who are harsh and rude and mean I pray, Father, that any of us, whatever is going on in our lives right now, I pray that we would take anything that is dark and we would drag it into the light and we would set it before you right now in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray for those that are living even today deceptive lives, those that have bought the lie of the enemy, those that continue to hide and cover, those that live in shame and guilt. But Lord, give the persona that everything is great. I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit over their souls right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, for every person under my voice that you would lavish your grace and your forgiveness on us, help us to repent, help us to respond, Help us to step in to who you say we are. Who am I? I am a child of God who has been made in the image of God. I am a friend of Jesus. Lord, bless my friends and give us the strength to walk out the gospel today and to share that good news with our family, with our friends, with our coworkers. Lord, help us to be serious about taking the gospel to Loganville and beyond. In Jesus name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching the message. Uh, We hope that you really pulled some things out of it. And just know that our desire is for every person, whether you ever step in this building or not, to become fully alive in Christ. Yeah, we wanna see you committed to Christ, we would love to see you connected to others in a small group, and we believe it's important to uh, become a contributing member to the body of Christ through uh, sharing your faith, uh, as well as financially investing in the work of God. That's right. And so we pray that you're growing, that you're striving forward. There's so many resources on the website. You can watch past messages, your testimonies from people, and we pray that you utilize those. And we hope to see you on a Sunday morning. Hey, make it a great day and enjoy uh, the abundant life in Christ.